0: Quoting from this beautiful, beautiful song. You can't see my eyes. You can't see my eyes. They don't see yours. Hear me when I say they don't mind at all. End quote. These words make perfect sense to me. Again, quote, you can't see my eyes. You can't see my eyes. They don't see yours. End quote. I mean... How could her eyes see mine when I couldn't even turn around to look at her? Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Bishop Frisch, and I want to welcome you to My Life Through Music, where I talk about the significant moments of my life, along with the songs and music that were either there at the time or describe thoughts, feelings, or emotions I was experiencing at those particular places and at those particular times. And the song that represents these memories is Innocente, single edit by Delirium. Released in the year 2000. If there ever was a possible way to beautifully, gracefully, lovingly describe two people slowly falling apart from each other, this, in my opinion, has to be one of them. To me, this song starts off with an air and a feel of not just curiosity, but also with mystery. You have in the background what I'm quite positive is a harp, which gives me the impression of something mysterious, something hidden, uh, something beneath the surface that is slowly emerging, but we don't know what it is yet. And we get this steady rhythmic pulse which, in my own weird mind, symbolizes slow, constant, deliver- deliberate movement um, towards this mystery, which will soon be unveiled. You also have a perfectly placed piano and guitar parts, and then you have the unmistakable, haunting, beautiful, and what I feel is ethereal voice of Leigh Nash. Probably more recognized from Sixpence, None the Richer. Now you know who I'm talking about. Uh, For me, she brings to this song so much elegance and so much certitude that I can really hear the sadness and I can really feel the the regret when she sings this song. I mean, imagine her voice singing words like, again, I'm quoting from the song, it's the rain that I hear coming, not a stranger or a ghost. It's the quiet of the storm approaching that I fear the most. And then a little further in, she continues, quote, it's marching through my door now, the stony cold of lonesome, a bell tolls for my heart, then my lonesome song begins, End quote. From the words I can visualize just the heartbreak in my mind, but in her voice, it's her voice that provides me with all the emotion. Does that make any sense? And as I mentioned in a previous video, there are several, several female vocalists in this genre who sing with this, shall I say, angelic style that have this grounding effect on me, which centers me and really focuses my concentration and my consciousness to an almost meditative state. Extraordinarily powerful to me. If you just happen to be following along, um, picking up from where I left off in the last video as Attendance Girl had just revealed to me that she found out through a mutual acquaintance of ours all the, the BS I had been up to over the last several months, particularly the drugs that I had been doing and we needed to talk about it. So at that point, I, I, I slowly and gently placed the phone back onto the receiver and in an instant, everything had changed. To say that I was caught off guard, well, yeah, I was caught off guard maybe, but to say that I was surprised, no. Not really. I mean, as I as I mentioned before, I knew this was this was coming. I knew it was coming. It had to. I mean, everything catches up to us, right? But sometimes we just don't know when. And now, at this part of my life, it had caught up to me. And to be honest, at that moment all I could think about was God, just don't let this be over. Let there be a way for us to get through this let there be a possibility, a chance for us to work this out. On the outside, I was completely paralyzed, but on the inside, it was dark. It was chaos. It was pain. It was stormy. And I really didn't want to accept it. I was fighting it at every turn. Now, it would have been easier To just drag this out, make up an excuse not to go over there or to try to do something to buy some time or even blow it off completely and not go see her because of the fear of what I knew was coming. But deep down, deep down, I knew better in my heart and I knew what I needed to do. So... I told my parents, hey, look, I need to go talk to her about something. It's important. And I left in my 1988 blue Nissan Sentra. And I drove over to her house. When I got there, she opened the door differently from any other time before. On that particular morning, she did it hesitantly and slowly. And her eyes were darting in different directions with nervousness and uncertainty And she stood behind the door keeping it between us and I remember feeling dirty in in my soul at that moment it felt as if my heart was slowly being dipped into ice-cold water. I mean, no embrace, no hug, no intimacy whatsoever, nothing. As I paused and everything just really started to begin to sink in, and I perceived and, and, and accepted the, the unfortunate yet quite understandable change of feelings as I walked in past her. And then I went directly into a room and stood there, looking out the north-facing bedroom window while time absolutely stood still. I remember it like it was yesterday. The curtains were completely pulled back, allowing just beautiful, bright, natural light of the, of the morning to just pour in as I ironically took note of the blue sky that I had been just admiring a half an hour before. I heard her quietly close the door, but even more, I could feel her behind me, waiting curiously and confused. She was waiting for me to say something, but the words The words, I honestly couldn't find them. I couldn't turn around. I couldn't even look at her. And the only thing that I was thinking was I wanted to be innocent. I wanted to say, of course, those things aren't true, but I couldn't. I wanted to be innocent so bad and even though we hadn't said a word to each other up to that point, in that moment and in that silence, the only things that were speaking was judgment and justice. I mean, what could I say? There wasn't much left to be said from either of us. Everything was laid out in the open. I just stared into any corner that would allow me. And then with my back still turned to her, she slowly and deliberately reinforced what she believed in, why she believed it, and said that we were probably over. And even though she didn't give me a direct or definitive answer, I knew the writing on the wall And then she said I should just leave I mean, what could I say (laughs) And I walked out And I left Out of all the people in the world to confront me Or to call me out on this stuff I'm glad that it was her I mean she told me from the very beginning what she would do if I ever got involved with that stuff ever again and she did it and I could tell that it wasn't easy for her but she was firm she meant it and she wasn't moving off of her decision But she did it lovingly, she did it gracefully, and she did it with such compassion and temperance that instead of being angry with her for practically ending our relationship, I admired her for it. I mean, she had put everything together that morning. In fact, she knew more than what I thought she knew about what was going on in my grotesque and hidden world. And in all honesty, um, she was much more mature and stronger about it and made me feel less mature, smaller than I already did. But she didn't scream. In fact, she was, like I said before, she was quite graceful. And I stood there listening. And part of me was wondering, why isn't she screaming and yelling? I mean, she was holding all the guns, so to speak. She absolutely had every right to give me hell, to lay into me. And God knows I deserved it. But why? Was it her maturity? Was it her heart? Did she see the hell that I was already in and how much further I was going to be in after eventually ending our relationship? Maybe it was the simple fact that she was just done. Maybe it was for, o- for her own spiritual and mental health. It was probably a combination of all of those things. But sometimes I wonder, maybe, just maybe, a part of her, perhaps just for a moment, thought back two and a half years before then to a much more innocent time and thought of a much more innocent kid that she had met and smiled and in so many words said quote don't change for you don't change a thing for me end quote I still believe to this day that when we met she saw something in me she saw something innocent that she didn't want changed I mean of course she wanted me to change but she wanted me to become better change is a part of life, that's what we're supposed to do but not change into this what was standing before her but that was the reality, it was the truth I had changed and she didn't want to be part of any of it And who could blame her? At a young age, my parents taught me right from wrong. I mean, my dad taught me what integrity was and the importance of a man's word. And at that time, I had no integrity. And my word, it didn't mean anything. In the song, she sings, quote, It's marching through my door now, a stony cold of lonesome. A bell tolls for my heart, and then my lonesome song begins, end quote. A bell tolls for my heart. Ah, the bell. A reference to the bell. There it is again. And it tolls for my heart. What a beautiful way to say something so sad. And then she says... Darling, quote, darling, when did we fall? When was it over? End quote. I think one of the many lessons that could be taken from this song is to always pay close attention to your relationship and close attention to your partner. Because more oftentimes than not, the two of you, quote, unquote, fell, and it was, quote, unquote, over, Quoting from the song. Long before you ever thought. And finally she says, quote, I suppose that it's the price of falling in love, end quote. There's always a price for falling in love. But this wasn't the price for falling in love. This was the price for being dishonest and deceitful. But yes, there is always a price for falling in love. And in many cases, one pays more of a price than the other, unfortunately. One of the cool things um, that this project does for me is it gives, you know, my family and friends, especially my kids, an opportunity as well as a platform to discuss a number of Of subjects including ones such as this I remember in one conversation one of my daughters asked me if I ever regretted falling in love in my life to which I answered no absolutely not I've never I've never regretted falling in love and I never will and if there is a price for it it is a price that I would gladly be willing to pay again and again. I'm gonna put a link down uh, in the description to this incredible song along with uh, a couple of others that can kind of fine-tune and describe a little bit more of what was going on in my mind uh, during this time. As always, I want to thank you so much for your time I know it's valuable and in the next video I plan on talking real quick um, about some of the aftermath and some of the thoughts of this and uh, what was going through my mind and how I dealt with it when I talk a little more about my life through music. More often, to- more often times than not. An, at you- an un, at a at- yes, yes, I would always pay the price for falling in love. I would. Um, I've paid that price, and unfortunately, I've made others pay that price as well. Um, but I will always pay it. Because falling in love is one of the most beautiful things in the universe and I never want to miss out on it. Test, test. Man, I wasn't even ready.